this is Tony Lloyd. Being a broadcaster for many years, I've witnessed some great stories in the music industry. And now I want to bring as many music stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. My goal is that they will inspire others making their way in the music world. Music Stories with Tony Lloyd. Michael Bell, welcome to Music Stories. How are you? I'm fine, Tony. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. You are a Bowie person. I was going to say, it's very t- tempting to say impersonator, but that's not right. You're a tribute act to David Bowie, and uh, you call yourself Bowie Lives. Yeah. Well, you know, here in Canada, when we refer to a tribute act, they are, in fact, impersonators, but... Um, <laughs> I like to think we're more of an homage to Bowie that uh, mm. I'm not pretending to be David Bowie. I don't dress up in Bowie wigs or anything of that nature. Um, it's more or less my personal uh, tribute to the guy who had a profound effect on my life as a young guy and musically and socially. And um, and so, yeah, it's it's more about that. We, we call it a Bowie spectacular. Yeah. The Canada's most spectacular tribute to David Bowie, it says here. Yeah, well, we like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome. Okay, um, we'll talk about that in a minute and what's going on in your life in a, in a tick. Uh, how did it all start for you? I mean, did you sort of impersonate or sing along to people on the radio or the television when you were, when you were young? How did you get into the tribute business? Well, into the tribute business, I guess, um, I mean, yeah, sure. I, I sang along and had my favorite records as a, as a young kid and, uh, grew up in dancing to the Jackson's five, Jackson five and, uh, you know, the Partridge family and the Osmonds and, and, uh, every 45 I could get my hands on in public school. And then, uh, by the time I hit high school, I had discovered Bowie when I was 14. I bought the Young Americans album for my aunt for Christmas and then just basically fell in love with the guy's music and his whole image. And, and at that age, of course, looking for an image to be, uh, somewhat pop starish, you know, to, to, to start down that road. And, um, and then I was an original musician, uh, performer songwriter for most of my early career. Uh, had a, had my first record by the time I was in at the end of high school. And, um, and then I won a major competition in Canada, songwriting competition. And then while we were waiting for the record deal, basically my agent said, you know, there's this whole new thing called tribute bands. And, you know, I know you do an amazing Bowie. You should try to do this. So that, that was kind of like the first stab at it but i hated it i did it for about a year i put i took a year to put the show together i did eight costume changes in the show myself and had actors and scrims and then i was back in the 80s so there was no digital it was all old you know Mm -hmm. gobos and uh projections and but i just i hated it i didn't like it at all and so i just put it away and never thought i'd do anything like that again um until I decided to come out after 30 years of not playing really in any serious fashion and uh, came out singing Buble songs and Frank Sinatra songs in the theaters and which I thought was age appropriate. And then David passed and everybody kept asking me, 
if I would put the tribute together and, you know, and after about a year of thinking about it, I thought maybe I'm the best guy uh, to do this because, again, he had such a profound effect on my life that uh, I would do it, I thought, uh, with great respect and uh, as opposed to just being an opportunist. Um, I've uh, attempted to put a show together that, you know, talks about my life with him and and what he meant to me. So, yeah, long story short, that's that's kind of how I got into it, yeah. Okay. Uh, do you get criticised at all? You said, you know, that you're not trying to be David Bowie, um, which is a good thing, uh, in my humble opinion. But do, do some people, you know, say, well, you don't, you don't look like him or you don't sound like him or what are you doing? Or what, do you get those people? Well... Uh, Actually, I sound a lot like him because as a young guy, I cut my teeth learning how to sing, singing to him and, you know, all the greats, Freddie Mercury and Russell Mayle and uh, Brian Ferry, they were all my my inspiration as a vocalist as a young guy. So I learned to sing a lot of the inflections that Bowie used and to be very, um, you know, thoughtful in the way that the lines were delivered. Um, as you know, he had so many different sounds and voices and genres. So all of that, I, I in fact do sound. And when I was a kid, that's why people wanted me to do Bowie because I could sing him and I did look like him. And until he had some work done, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I had a good, you know, it was a, it was a pretty good lookalike. But uh, you know, after he married him on and had all that work done kind of left me in the dust with my wrinkles. And <laughs> yeah, that was a step too far to follow him in that respect, I should imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so in the end, I'll tell you, it's interesting because real Bowie fans, like the hardcore Bowie fans, which are the ones I'm always trying to win over, um, they're the ones who suspect this will be a bad show. And at the end of the show, they love the fact that I didn't try to pretend him, to be him mm. and that I... Uh, you know, presented a show with respect for his art and his costuming. I have other people, I have models that come out, women who come out, dancers that come out in the costumes of the day. So they do the Ziggy and the, the uh, you know, skin tight jumpsuits and the wigs and, and makeup and all that stuff. So I do get the looks on stage. I just don't do it. You know, I wear an iconic blue suit and, um, you know, kind of move it around a little bit that way as a as a, a, a nod to fashion sense, but uh, concentrate yeah. on the sound, really concentrating on the on the sound of the music. Yeah, that's 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 cool. Uh, did you ever um, meet David Bowie? No, I didn't. I got a chance to photograph him. I I published an entertainment magazine for thirty years while I wasn't being a musician, and. Uh, and had the opportunity to, uh, you know, photograph and interview a number of people over my career of that stature. But for whatever reason in my head, I didn't pursue that interview. I don't know why. And but I did get in the pit and you know got some uh, photos and and things of that nature as press. But um, yeah, I never got a chance. Closest I got to David was Iggy. You know, I interviewed him back in the day and. <laughs> got to mention the fact that I was a huge Bowie friend and, you know, love the fact that he had sang so many Iggy tunes and, you know, got a good nod and a chuckle at Iggy over it. But, uh, yeah, yeah 
I never did. Never is, did. It, is it um, when you're performing your Bowie at tribute act, is it difficult um, to change the way that David did? I mean, he had, he, that was one reason why he was so successful for so long, wasn't it? Because he kept on changing with the times and the fashion and uh, his songs changed as well as what he was wearing and everything else. I mean, you have to adapt all that, as I should imagine. Absolutely. Um, the first show I put together in the 80s, I wasn't connected enough to find players of that caliber. Had no budget, you know, that sort of thing. So I ended up going into the studio and spending the money taping all the backtracks and bringing different players in to play different parts because there were so many different players and, and uh, so much different spirit throughout the material. This time around, I was connected enough, and so I was able to with the help of my musical director, Michael Beauclair, put a band together that was absolutely capable of playing all this material. So, and and one thing that I find that, you know, there's only a handful of Bowie shows out there, it seems. And a lot of them are concentrating on just either the Ziggy early stuff or they'll go and do the Let's Dance Modern Love era, you know, the 80s era. Mm. Both because they're more, they're simpler to play, I think, too. And, and if you got the one sound down, you could easily kind of get the Ziggy stuff because it was super easy to play and that sort of thing. But we go through and do everything from the start to the back, so uh, beginning to the end. So there's a lot of really challenging material that, that I think we knock out of the park because of, of the caliber of players that we have with the band. And it's a big band. We're eight on stage, so um, we're covering off everything. Oh, it's a big show, yeah. a big show. Um, I was going to ask you about your your tours and your shows. I know you probably, I know you've got a few lined up at the moment. What are your touring plans for the future? Well, I'd love to get overseas. I mean, we've made inroads with the folks at the Dublin Bowie Fest. I, you know, in a London has one, Paris has one. So we're, um, I was over to the Dublin show last year and I've been in contact with those guys about trying to get myself on the bill. I missed out this year, but they're, they're saying, don't, you know, don't give up hope. They've got a huge show going on this year. Um, and, uh, and then other than that, it's really about just touring around Ontario and Canada. There's enough business here then. I mean, I don't, I don't need to fly to the West coast of Canada really to, to be David Bowie. I'd like to fly there and have fun and, and visit, you know, or go to France and visit as well. There I would love to be able to play and have a reason to go back more often than mm. I do. But, um, yeah, basically we're just, you know, we're setting up tour close to home. I like stuff that's three hours away from my home. So yeah. And you can, you can my- get back home at night or the next day and, you know, relax and everything instead of having to stay in a hotel and all the travel aggravation. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And so we're we're playing theater sizes between four and six hundred seats, and there's a there's a lot of them here in Ontario alone. Enough that I only like to play six months out of the year. I play in the spring, in the fall, the summer, the winter. I go off and do other things in my life. So I just orchestrate a tour that's every other weekend in the spring, seven dates, and every other weekend in the fall, seven dates, and that's it for me aside from maybe a few things that drop into my lap. but Well, that sounds like an ideal life to me, you know. (laughs) 
It is pretty <laughs> ideal. I feel pretty blessed. There's no doubt about it. And I, I read um, also that you've been a model as well, or you are a model as well. And uh, ladies, um, I'm talking to Michael on Zoom, and I got a very good picture on my monitor here in my studio. And I can imagine you being a very successful model, Michael. And, and men well, as well. I, men as well would appreciate your picture. Uh, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, funny you say that because in the end, I I no longer model. I I took a stab at it for about two or three years, and I wasn't very good at all. Like you know, I, I you know, my agent said, "Oh, you got a great look," but as soon as they asked me to deliver a line or something they shot me a lot of tv commercial work and i was just horrible at it i was just mucking it up and they'd have to go, they'd have to say you know no the line is you know <laughs> that kind of, and, then I, and then i'd blow it again and then you know i got a lot of thanks very much and you know always as you're leaving these uh auditions you're always thinking oh you know what i should have done you know number one remember yeah. the line they fed me number two you know well, maybe I- you looked at I, I admire you for tr- giving it a try. I mean, there's there's a very good reason I'm on the radio and not on television. <laughs> because it's, well, it's, it's not as easy as it looks. Let me tell you. <laughs> what what advice uh, could you give to somebody listening to this episode of Music Stories um, if they're considering starting out as or have just started out as a, a tribute act? What advice could you give them? Well, I guess the, the number one thing is, you know, really be vested in the artist and the music that you're going to perform. A lot of folks go out, you know, I meet a lot of guys on the road who have four or five, you know, front guys who are fronting all kinds of different tributes and and super talented dudes and, and sing really well and all that kind of stuff. But you got this feeling like it's it's a bit of a role as opposed to, you know, something that they really feel deep in their heart. That said, I mean, lots of these shows are super successful and people just want to, you know, hear the music of their favorite artists that they may not be able to any longer hear or uh, afford a ticket to, you know, the way that rolls, right? And, uh, you know, but for me, it's really been, I wouldn't think to do, well, I shouldn't say that, you know, because somebody called me up the other day and said, what about doing a talking heads thing? Would you be David Byrne? And I thought, you know, I would be David Byrne in a heartbeat because that would just be so much fun. And I'm a huge fan. Another guy who really shaped my vocal. He was the guy who taught me how to not sing, you know, mm-hmm. and how to just, you know, emote kind of, you know, so, um, I would love to do that. That would be fun, but not in any seriousness. This show is, you know, I'm all in on this show. I'm working it every day from one, you know, whether it's talking to people about costumes or bringing new dancers or new songs or new players or, you know, new multimedia. Like I'm just constantly working on the show. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you want to be, you want to be truly vested. If if you want to kind of like, you know, rise above the fray of all the other here at home. We have so many like ACDC or the Eagles or, you know, or Creedence Clearwater. There's just so many of these guys doing it on every level, you know? So, um, yeah. How do you get out in front of the fray? That's the question. Oh yeah. And uh, I love your quote, rise above the fray. I've made a note about that. Um, there can't be um, many people who know as much about David Bowie that 
than you because obviously you've studied him for, for a long, long, long time, not just his music, but the way he moves and everything else in order to put your act together. What what can you say to the people that call David Bowie David Bowie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd mind. No. <laughs> you know, with his sense of humor, especially, you'd be like, you'd call me whatever you want, you know. But it's funny, I get the same thing with the show because, and, you know, in media interview, people will say, so you're the lead singer of the Bowie Lives. Mm. And, and then I'll say, well, sure, yeah, or the <laughs> Bowie Lives, whichever way you want to take it, you know. <laughs> um, so, I mean, just the fact that people are calling your name is good enough, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's case, true. That's yeah. true. I get called all sorts of things, most of them rude. Uh, <laughs> Michael, it's been incredible talking to you. Good luck with uh, the rest of your tour with Bowie Lives. No, Bowie Lives. Just a little joke there. Um, and um, uh, look forward to talking to you maybe again in, in the future, you know, when you've got uh, something else lined up and so on. That would be really cool. And um, give, our, give our love to, to Canada. And uh, thank you very much for talking to me on Music Stories. Well, thank you, Tony, for your time. And hopefully I'll be at the Paris Bowie Festival convention in, the, in a year or so, and we'll talk again then. That would be good. It's not... Well, I'll have to come up and see you. So, yeah, that would be that would be fantastic. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks again, Michael Bell. Bowie lives. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tony. Tony Lloyd, creating audio and film worldwide.